get full access to RFR only on Patreon. Become a member of the RFR Patreon community to get more Rebel Force Radio. Bonus shows and content are available right now only at patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Well, if there's anybody out there listening right now that is yet to pick up the Star Wars movies on home video, I'm sure there are lots of you out there in this audience. iTunes is running a big special right now. You can get the individual film titles for $15. That's 25%. Off. No, we're mm. not sponsored by iTunes, but it's a 25% savings. This is a public service announcement. So if you haven't gotten your digital copy via iTunes, $15 a piece, or or you can go with the Complete Saga Bundle at $79.99, and you'll save 20% off. And that Complete Saga Bundle includes the six canonical saga films plus the two sequel trilogy films, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and, if that wasn't enough, Rogue One and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Can you believe that? It's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, so you can get those. Yeah, it is. It is a, a summertime miracle here. But you can get all of those uh, for $80. That's not bad at all. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and that's also the first time that I'm aware of that you've seen those other movies, you know, the uh, Star Wars stories, uh, bundled up with the other movies into some sort of a saga bundle package. Jim, have you seen this before? No, I, well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I like what you're saying, though, because believe it or not, I only have maybe half the films digitally. The uh, other, ha- you know, I have multiple physical copies of just about all the films, but I don't have digital copies of all the films. I purchase them when necessary. Like when it's time to blow up the death star at midnight mm-hmm. and I can't find any of my new hope Blu-rays or DVDs or I get so desperate. I even start looking at for the VHS from time to time. But now in the digital era, I can just order it and it's there and I'm blowing up the death star at midnight. And that is the way I prefer to do it. It's the most accurate way to hit that midnight, that stroke of midnight time. Just right is via the digital version. And also of course the portability, having it on your phone, having it on your iPad, just being able to reference it at your desktop at any given moment. So I think I'm going to be finally filling in the holes in my digital collection with this uh, great, 
Star Wars consumer news you're bringing us here, Jason. It's a public service that you provide. You're quite welcome. And for you Bond fans, you know, we occasionally do that other podcast, the Bondcast. You can get uh, James Bond bundles for under $25. So this is, this is cool. So you can get uh, the Daniel Craig, all the Daniel Craig films for 25 bucks. Wow. You can get all of the Sean Connerys for $25. This yes. is regular fifty bucks. These are fifty percent off. You can get all the Roger Moores, and there's a lot. There's like fifteen of those for twenty five dollars. Um, now here's where it starts to change. Okay, the Pierce Brosnan, twenty bucks, right? Uh, Tim Dalton, ten dollars, and the George Lazenby, where they will mail you five dollars if you buy <laughs> Honor Majesty's Secret they Service. Said, no, that's yeah. not right. They, <laughs> they don't pay you. All to right, watch that's not that true. Movie, and yeah. then I love that movie. I. J- Fans of the Bondcast will know I'm a huge fan of that. And I think, actually, George Lazenby was a, a good... Did you see he went off and did a, a... For the... for the There was a big anniversary, like the 50th anniversary. Was it... Reel it back. We're here to talk about I Star know, Wars but this now. was cool. Hold on, wait a minute. On hold. We, we haven't have talked... Wait a minute. Hold. You and I haven't talked mm-hmm. in like a week. I just want to say that George mm-hmm. Lazenby did a tour of all the filming locations for Honor Majesty's Secret Service recently with a bunch of Bond fans, and I thought that was cool. And I'm going to bring it back full circle. Next year, Mark Hamill doing a tour of Tunisia and no. also the Redwood Forest and various what? other locations. Yeah, Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, No. It's not. Oh, but that would be yeah. a great 50th anniversary thing, wouldn't Jeez, it? I'd be happy just to go to Galaxy's Edge with Mark Hamill <laughs> or even George Lazenby. For- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is the best. George Lazenby doing tours of Galaxy's Edge. Right, blow up the Death Star. Ride the Falcon. <laughs> George Lazenby. With the one and done bond. Oh, no, but you know you're onto something with it. How much? Could people could Mark Hamill charge to run around Galaxy's Edge with 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 fans like how many, he could charge a lot of money for that. That could be like an Omaze thing. Spend four Absolutely. hours at Galaxy's Edge with Mark. With Mark. I like this. Idea. Brilliant. Maybe even, uh, you know, something kind of private, too, where it's not necessarily even open to the public. They do stuff like that, don't they? I don't know, but I'm just wondering, you know how uh, Elvis was famous for like buying out Disneyland? Yeah. He'd go in and he'd like buy out the whole park. They'd right. close it down just for Elvis. I mean, do you think that like uh, the stars of Star Wars can do that with Galaxy's Edge? Can they, you know, like uh, Mr. Ford would like to take the kids on the uh, the Falcon ride and they shut uh, it all down? You could have paid me enough, kid. <laughs> By the way, I got an email from James saying 145 days since the last Bondcast. So 145 oh. days. He sent that email today. So that's uh, that's a message to you and me that we need to start talking Bond. It's obviously uh, all bottled up in you. So it's spilling it into the Star Wars podcast. Let's right. get into Star Wars. Let's get into Let's Star Wars. start taking Wars. calls. It, it, yes. And, and we'll do that. I have to do something, though, first, which is I need to make up apparently – we're verging on the third show where I have not said my name is Jason and with me, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. I am happy to have my little introduction moment here during the show. Somebody did point out to me that I have not been properly introduced, but I said, Hey, you know, that's all a formality. You know who we are. 
and we know who you are. We're all a bunch of Star Wars fans hanging out. The last few weeks have featured some of my favorite all-time guests on this show. Big Steve Glosson two weeks ago, Big Steve Sansweet last week, and now this week, definitely my favorite guests are our Patreon supporters and we have opened up the phone lines we have exclusively to members of the rfr patreon group so it's going to be all patreon members tonight right. i'm looking forward to talking to you guys and we're going to start with area code 410 so uh, area code 410 you're on with rebel force radio thank you for being a patreon supporter hello hey jason jimmy it's brooks how are you doing hey, hey brooks, brooks. What is on your hey, mind? Just want to say thanks again for the uh, awesome uh, Patreon event in Chicago. That was a great time. Oh, at the uh, Alulu Brewery in the Pilsen neighborhood on the south side. RFR Live on the south side was a good one. You know what was really memorable for me is all the stuff I can't remember because of the blue milk spiked by Greedo. Did you have any of those? Yeah, I was going to say, as far as I'm concerned, that's the only official blue milk. You know, this Galaxy's Edge stuff, I don't know. But the, that stuff <laughs> on... Uh, that night, that was that was that was good. <laughs> Have you been to Galaxy's Edge? No, and, and actually, I wanted to to bring that up. Uh, I'm actually I have a planned uh, trip planned in September to the Walt Disney World location. Um, that'll be open about a month by then. Um, but question I have for you guys is, if it had been up to you to plan the park, the theming, and everything, well, what would you guys have done? I mean, a lot of people say they might not have done the you know, that the new Resistance, First Order, you know, the new movie stuff. I mean, me personally, I might have done like a, a Tatooine-like city, more classic, you know. That, but that's just me. I, I've heard it's awesome no matter what, but just want to get what your guys' idea of how, how you would have designed the park. Wow. No, it is, it's a definitely a hot topic. And I, I have to say, I, I, I understand the point of view of, well, where's all of the legacy characters and familiar characters for those of us that have been fans for you know you know over four decades uh and i understand that i really do but i also don't want to be you know so close-minded that i don't realize that this is um you know that there has been somewhat of a, a passing of the torch in a way to a new generation of fans we're not going to be here forever um and so this is the Star Wars that people are growing up with now. And also coupled with the fact that they want this to be timeless to an extent. Now, you, we, can, we can argue about setting it in the sequel trilogy era. That's one thing. But the fact that they kind of chose a, 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 a planet that was brand new to the Star Wars universe that's unique to this experience... Uh, I think was really, really smart because um, I, th I think it, it, it precludes a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the second guessing that might have gone into it if it was a Tatooine or a Hoth or a, 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 a Dagobah, Dagobah. As Paul Bateman says, <laughs> and Hoth. And I, yeah, you I'm said gonna, Hoth. Just, I did. I say Hoth. Okay. Yeah, I, the, that's the Lucas pronunciation, yeah. actually. But but I think that we would have taken in so much in terms of our expectations i mean we know we think we know every nook and cranny of those 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 settings in the star wars galaxy so i think that the imagineers were sort of stuck I, you can't tell me that they didn't want to recreate dagobah tatooine 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Cloud City. Of course, these people probably wanted to do that, but I think that they showed a lot of restraint in not going there. Now, that's one issue. The other issue, if, if I had to do it, I, I would probably make sure that there were legacy costume characters walking around that, that went beyond Kylo Ren, Rey, uh, uh, Phasma, Chewie. Um, I'd have had a Vader walking around there. I, I I would have some sort of... Now, Yoda apparently may, has a cameo with the, the building of the lightsaber, so I would have probably given more um, opportunities for the legacy characters to to show up. Um, that's that's my take on it, Jim. What what about you? Well, I understand why they definitely want to create their own mythology in addition to the Star Wars saga with this place. You know, it's it is as opposed to popping in the VHS and watching the Cantina band play. You can get a legitimate experience of going to the cantina but it's not the moss Eisley cantina so i prefer the moss Eisley cantina quite honestly to olga's cantina or whatever it is it looks cool it looks great but i would have much rather preferred to have seen hammerhead and the gang so um and the the band playing up in the corner that's the type of stuff i really enjoy about the cars theme park at Disney's California Adventure, right adjacent to Disneyland. I really feel like I'm in Radiator Springs when I'm walking around that area. I feel like I can turn this corner and know that I'll be seeing the uh, repair shop here and the hotel with the orange cones over there and all that stuff. But that's something I really wanted to see with galaxy's edge i wanted to go to the moss Eisley cantina specifically however that being said i do understand the flexibility and durability of creating something that's really locked into the disney era of star wars they're going to be creating more things that will connect with this land so while it might not feel familiar to you based off of a movie going experience. It might be in the future. There might be some cinematic experience that takes place in galaxy's edge. They're already making comic books about it with Marvel. There's already a novel about it. So they're trying to expand the unique mythology contained to that place. And let's not forget, you do get to go aboard the millennium Falcon. So it's not like it's completely without its roots in original Star Wars. The other thing I was thinking of too is how can you realistically pull off a lot of the Star Wars environments in Southern California or in Orlando, Florida? It almost makes more sense to sort of play up to the, the actual uh, climate of those particular locations. So uh, a Hoth wouldn't really work there. Um, That'd be great for Disney Chicago. Yeah, right, right, right. We can give you that. We can give you a Camino if you're looking for it. In April. Yeah, any time, any time of the year. I still have not put away my snow shovels yet. I, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it yet. I'm not convinced. Brooks, what about you, man? What? Um, how would you have uh, done it differently? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I, obviously, I'm kind of more... You know, I, I'm I'm 38, so I'm kind of more in the original trilogy. So I'm, I'm kind of right in between both. You know. Um, yeah, you are. Obviously, the prequel stuff would have been kind. Of, yeah, I mean, the prequel stuff kind of would have been 
probably hard to squeeze in there. But, I mean, it would have been cool to see maybe some more Jedi in the park. I mean, you know, that the timeline they're placing the park, there's really, what, just Ray right now? I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's a great um, point. But, I did not know, think I, about that. But they yeah. do have the whole build the lightsaber, and they got kyber crystals, and they have holocrons. and Right. And keep in mind, I believe the Jedi training experience for little kids is still going to be active in the park, just not in the Galaxy's Edge area, closer to uh, where Star Tours is. So we, we can't forget there is that other slice of the Star Wars pie that is available at the same, the very same Disneyland park. So you just have to walk right, through. Now, I think uh, they still have the legacy characters meet and greet, I think, over there too, right? I don't think they got rid of that docking bay area. Right. So the kids do the lightsaber training with the Jedi and you get to see that Darth Vader makes Mm -hmm. an appearance during that star tours has the revolving locations that you fly through that cover all aspects of the saga. And, uh, the character meet and greets are still happening over there in Tomorrowland and everything. So it's just galaxy's edge really is it's its own thing, its own thing. And it's placement in the star Wars timeline is sequel trilogy era. I believe that the Benioff Weiss films, well, we don't know anything about them right now. I really think that those are going to be beyond episode nine into the future of Star Wars, further pushing the envelope of the things that have been introduced in the sequel trilogy. And um, who knows? Galaxy's Edge could play a role in those films. I will tell you, I mean, uh, our pal uh, Max Sparky, he is as as died in the wool of an original trilogy fan as you can find. In fact, he still hasn't quite accepted the prequels 100%. I'm, I'm working on him. Um, <laughs> I'm working on him. But 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 in what he kept saying and what, what uh, Mr. Sansweet kept saying is that, I mean, you're in Star Wars. It, you're in Star Wars. So they have been able to, to create this original setting and yet somehow make it really feel like Star Wars. And I'm yeah, going to take if, the word of, of what Steve and, 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 and Dave have said. It also feels to me, just from what I've seen of Galaxy's Edge, and I got to admit, I'm not soaking in every piece of video and everything. I want it to be somewhat of a surprise to me when I walk into it. But what I have seen feels connected not only to the sequel trilogy era, but I also feel connected to the OT and the PT through it as well. It, it seems like the environment almost connects and relates to the universal language of all star Wars. And I think that's an important thing to, uh, take, uh, take notice of. And, you know, I, I, I think w- with the full immersion that way, um, once you go through it, I, I, I think there'll be little complaining after that. So, uh, Brooks, uh, when do you plan on getting out there? Did you said, uh, maybe September? Yeah, we uh, it, it was fortuitous. I had a trip planned out there with family anyway, and I really didn't think it'd be open before then because originally it was supposed to be, I think, late fall, but the um, August opening kind of worked out. So, yeah, we're, we're going to try to get over there for a day, like late September. So I'm hoping that the uh, kinks get worked out with the logistics and everything at the Disneyland uh, park so they can kind of, you know, relate that over to Disney World. But, I mean, it seems like first few weeks they've, they've already implemented some good uh, line waiting procedures and stuff there. So, yeah. Wait, I saw a photo of. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the media they want to just make everything seem worse than it than it really is. But I saw a photo of uh, Galaxy's Edge, 
and I sent it over to uh, Max Sparky, and I was like, man, look at this crowd. I mean, it looked like you couldn't even... Uh, I mean, for me, uh, at, my, at my size, I would be really, really uh, <laughs> claustrophobic in there. Mm. Um, it just... I mean, we're talking elbow to elbow, just thick crowds. And what, uh, what Dave said to me was he said, oh, that looks like the entrance. So, you know, you're going to have some congestion right at the entrance and then people can kind of uh, spread out there. So yeah, it may well, not be quite as bad as they're, uh, as they're portraying. Yeah, there's always a crowd scene at Disneyland during the summertime anyway. So I'm, I'm sure it's just like that, only in another area of the park. So, hey, Brooks, thanks a lot for calling up. We uh, really appreciate your support on Patreon and uh, uh, hope you have a great time when you visit the park in Orlando. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thank, thank you, you, buddy. All right. Now, let's see. Who do we got? We've got some very patient folks here. Let's go to uh, area code 248. You're next on with uh, Rebel Force Radio. Here our Patreon-exclusive call-in show. Who do we got? Hello? Bianca from Michigan. Bianca, how are you? I'm good. Great to have you with us. I'm up a little us. late, but I'm good. Oh, is it late? <laughs> Where is it? Where are you? Are you in the, on the East Coast? Michigan. Well, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, so you're in the same time zone as I am. Uh, we're just getting started. No. Well, yeah. I know, I know. So I might actually take a half day tomorrow, going a little late. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like. You. And what would the uh, what would the email or the text when you send into the to, to work be? I was up talking to a podcast, a couple of knuckleheads. No, you, she's, you know, use a Jedi mind trick and, and fool them. Oh, I know. did not take I a half day. Just kind of say maybe got to bed a little late, couldn't sleep. Ah, well, that's not, that's not day. a lie. I mean, if, if I'm talking to you no. and Jimmy Max talking to you, you can't be sleeping. So you couldn't Correct. sleep. Yeah, we'll vouch for you. Have your boss call us. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what can we do with you? Uh, with you? <laughs> what can we do for you, Bianca? <laughs> Oh man! Well, I just want to say uh, I've really appreciated all the extra stuff in the Patreon feed lately. Welcome, it's made my work day go really nicely. Well, good, and, and there's so more of that, that on the way. There's definitely more of that on the way. And um, as for what I wanted to kind of pick your brains at about was, um, I have taken a peek on YouTube at all the kind of Galaxy's Edge footage and it looks pretty good. I don't think anybody was going to be, you know, disappointed just like, you know, Steven, the Sparky said, you know, once you're there, you're there. Right. But, um, I don't think I'm going to be get to go anytime soon. Um, so got to save up some money, get some good block of time to go. But, um, it looks good. And my thoughts were, if there was one thing that you could get at one of these shops, whether it be the, the toy store or the kind of like goods and like um, costume and like knickknack jewelry things, what would it be that you would want to go home with? Hmm. Now, is money an object here? Is money no object? 
No objects, just, just, you know, one item that you would really want. Um, I will say we, you can not count a lightsaber because who's really going to go and not want to get one? No. Oh, so, so I that's can't get the lightsaber. So aside from a lightsaber, mm. no, you'll, you'll get a lightsaber, so that's oh, like a given. Okay. This is something else. Oh, something be, beside the lightsaber. <laughs> okay. What about yeah. the Falcon? I want the Falcon <laughs> itself. Can I have that? <laughs> is that possible? All right. Uh, I don't know. You got enough credits for that? Oh, no. We didn't need more credits. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's a, there's so many things. I, th- I'm really intrigued by this um, Kowakian monkey lizard that you can get that sits on your your shoulder and it's got like a, a like some controls. You can make it turn its head and stuff. Like that's really cool. I didn't even know about that. Um, that's a big one. That's a, that's on the top of my list. Um, also, uh, I mean, I would be crazy to not say that that uh, you know the fully functioning R two unit that you can buy for like what twenty five grand is that what it is, Steve? Said? Yeah, I mean that's mm-hmm. pretty cool because I'm way too lazy to be an R two builder, and I'm and I'm not skilled enough. So I could see myself. I remember Jim, we had a great sort of backstage tour at Celebration Chicago of the droid builders. Yeah, that was fun. That was so much fun, and um. You know, I I was hearing some some of the uh, people talking and like, well, you know, you just start off with a with a leg, start off with a leg, and then you get another leg. Yeah, you know, and I'm telling you, I'd be the one that you know five you know <laughs> five years later, I would just be sitting there with my leg, my one leg, because I just wouldn't I wouldn't do it. So the only way I'm ever going to have my own droid is to just buy it soup to nuts, right? Right, right there, yes. out of the box. That's how I would like it too. I don't have the uh, skill, patience, or uh, you know, ability to avoid electrocution. Um, those types of things come into play. I got I got a family I need to think about here. So uh, yeah, a, a fully functioning R two unit that I could just purchase would be great. But let's get a little more realistic and talk about some of the things I saw that I'd actually consider purchasing. The, the thing that really tops my list are the, the uh, hollow chess creatures. You can buy big figures of them. Um, oh, you know, like the same yes, size I they were. That. And it comes with a board. Yeah. So I would like those guys. And I think that's about a $320 investment. The uh, build your own lightsaber, obviously, listening to Steve describe that whole experience and process last week just made me instantly put aside 200 bucks and earmark that for the next time I go to Disney. So I have to do that. Um, But, you know, I I have to admit, I'm probably not the most well-versed guy on all of the cool merch that's available right now at the park. There's, I think Steve said last week, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 different items. Mm. So uh, quite honestly, the first thing I'll probably throw down money on is like uh, one of the beverages at that cantina. So that'll probably put me back a bit too. I saw a flight of beer there was 75 bucks, Mm. but you do get to keep the the board in uh, these like rancor teeth, goblets they come in now when they say flight what do they exactly mean oh you know like how they serve up the craft beers okay i and thought it like meant like you know like on five a, or six on a of them on a board flight. and 
Well, no, be the careful flying at Galaxy's Edge. No, the flying <laughs> actually happens after I've consumed the beer. That's when the the true light speed kicks in. All right. Well, I have a I have an article uh, courtesy of a GameSpot. I've I've got it pulled up right here, and I hadn't seen this one. This is this is cool. So this is actually giving you a list of the twenty three best things that you can buy. So I'll just hit a couple of uh, of of high spots here. Okay. Um, now, this is sort of like in order of price in a way. So you can get space soda mm-hmm. in there in these little bottles and and at the and you know when you get the um you know you get the little bottle I don't know what the what the what the amount of soda is, but you got the regular size bottles, you got the liters, right? The two liters, and then you got the little ones, and then you got the little little ones. You know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about these rounded out things? That yeah, these are cool. Like they you. almost look like, I don't know, it's like a it's cross between a thermal detonator with like a little yeah. lightsaber uh, button on the top yeah, or something. It's just, it's, a, cool. it's just a Coke. Yeah. Uh, they made a big deal about this at Star Wars Celebration and some at the uh, Disney Parks panel. And somebody said, wow, that was kind of the weirdest thing that happened at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. The, the strangest thing ha- that happened was when Coca-Cola became Star Wars canon. And, uh, yeah, that oh, was pretty Okay, cool. so if that's canon, yeah, because, of course, it's an Arabesh. You've got yeah, the no, Sani water, universe. and it's in-universe. Right, right. right, right. Okay, right. so. Space Coke. Or, as we call it in Chicago, pop. Pop. All right, and then there are these little, um, these little rocks, these quote rocks. These are kind of cool. So these are only a couple bucks a piece, and there's these little rocks, and you can have them... Um, you know, they, they come with various Star Wars quotes engraved in them. All right, so, let's get to the good stuff, man. You're you're like in this like skid well, row shopping right, area fine. of Galaxy's Edge. Here's a bit of clarification for you. Because I, I was asking, I think I asked Steve last week about the build your own lightsaber because I'm less interested in making my own and more interested in owning a classic lightsaber hilt that was wielded by uh, someone from one of the films. So there's there's two different tracks. You can buy the two hundred dollar um, hilt, right? You can or you know and go through the whole process of building your own. The That's build your own yeah. bucks. The build your own two hundred mm-hmm. bucks. But you can get a legacy hilt for a mm-hmm. hundred dollars. So I mean, they've got everybody in there. I mean, they've yeah. got, they've got the Mace Windu, and they've got the Palpatine, and they've got the Luke, and they've got the Ben, and they've got the Ahsoka. They got them all. Hundred bucks. It's cool. They come in these awesome cases, too, that make them really great for display. Oh, yeah. And, and with a stand. So I definitely would want those. Um, there's uh, there's some stained glass art that you can get. Now, these these uh, let's see. What's the price on these? I don't know. It, it's it's Leia and Amidala. It's like stained glass. Very kind of uh, quasi religious looking. You can get those. Um, you can also get for the. You can get the uh, the star puffs, star puff wigs. Bianca, would you like a, a star puff wig or an Amidala headdress? Which way would you go? You can get mm. the royalty wig, which we know as star puffs, for thirty bucks, or for fifty bucks, you can get that sort of wicker-looking Naboo headdress. <laughs> wicker, it does look like wicker. Oh man, decisions. Uh-huh. I'd probably have to go classic and go with the star puffs. Yeah. Star all right, that's what we yeah. like about you, yeah, All right, I and would. then of course there's some great helmets. You can get the Imperial Tie Fighter helmet for five hundred. You know, for that price, I better get a Tie Fighter with it. Yeah, yeah. 
Have you seen that the Sith like, chalice? What is this? Okay, is this now, canon? now it's, it's something that was spotted in Palpatine's office in Revenge of the Sith, and there are a few things like that available at Galaxy's Edge. Most notably, those statues that are located in his office as well, and and the giant relief that's up on the wall. Get out! That when they're selling that. Yes, yes. That look like uh, warriors taking on space slugs or something. They are selling that. I think they're also selling the uh, the, the the picture that was hanging up in Jabba's sail barge too. That relief. Oh, that's great. I mean, they have everything there. What would you get? I mean, what what's the thing you're most looking forward to uh, purchasing if you ever get the chance to go there, Bianca, or you um, you have an opportunity to purchase it online or what have you. Uh, I actually just saw them yesterday. Um, it's from the the toy shop yeah. where, you know, all the toys look in-universe. Yeah, yeah. And all the wooden figures. Those look really nice. There's a nice big selection of characters and animals. And they just have a, I don't know, kind of like a, I guess, you know, childlike, otherworldly look to them. Mm-hmm. They're very simplistic, mm-hmm. but yet some of the paint jobs are very nice. Are these and supposed to emulate the uh, the homemade toys Jin Erso had at the beginning of Rogue yes. One? Yes, like oh, that. Okay, yeah. You um, can see all those like in the visual guide. Most of them were kind guide. of like on a stand. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like on a, like a stand, like a base, and like the arms moved and the legs moved and things like that. So they're not like figures as much as like standees that had like movable like legs and arms but um well, fun well it would be a, a nice collection and i'd probably a little bit poorer but i could maybe buy them you know yeah. a couple at a time well we hope maybe someday you'll get the chance to go out there and purchase those or if anyone's uh listening there uh who's a member of our Patreon community, uh, you know Bianca. She's always uh, leaving comments on posts, like first, always, which I really appreciate. Because anytime I hit that post button, I'm always like, oh, I hope people see this. And so it's always so refreshing to see Bianca's on. She's on top of it right away. So if, if you're heading out to Galaxy's Edge or maybe you live out in California and you can help Bianca out, reach out to her via Patreon or... Um, uh, you can write us show at rebelforceradio.com and uh, we'll put you in touch with Bianca. So she's looking for the little yeah, figurines I'm, from uh, Galaxy's Edge. I'm on Facebook too. <laughs> well, okay, perfect. Bianca, thank you so much for obviously supporting us via Patreon and then uh, staying up late with us there in Michigan. And I won't hold it against you that you're from Michigan, okay? And why would you say that? Well, because I'm like, I Ohio State. I have a problem. It's part of the thing. It's, 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 you know, I mean, you graduate from the Ohio State University. You know, it's, it's part of the. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah. The I Ohio State University. All right. Yeah, I don't care where you're from. I love you for who you are. Oh. Thank you. Go. Hear all, that? Yeah. all right. Thanks, Bianca. Appreciate it very much. Let's see who else we have here. Let's. Uh, uh, look at, uh, well, 407, 407. Where, where, where are you from, 407? Hey, guys, this is uh, Daniel in Orlando. Orlando? Hey, All right. How are you? Orlando. 
Doing good. Thanks for taking my call. You must, of course, you must be excited for uh, the big opening of Galaxy's Edge there in the the Southern Command. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, pretty excited. I was out uh, at Hollywood Studios on Sunday and trying to get another glimpse while I was taking a ride on the uh, Slinky roller coaster, and I couldn't quite spot the Falcon, but man, it's coming along. It's looking pretty good. You think they'll be ready by uh, end of August? You know, I, I mean, I think I think they're going to do it, but God, it's, it does still seem like there's there's quite a bit to do. But you know, they've got it walled up pretty good there now, so it's it's really hard to get a glimpse, like I said, unless you're you know up on on that particular uh, ride in the park. But yeah, they'll they'll have it done. I uh, and I'm just debating whether or not I'm going to be crazy enough to go to that opening round if I'm lucky enough to get reservations. Oh, you got to do it. I mean, you live right there. You live right there. I got there. to. Yeah, you're right. That would be crazy not to. Be yeah. crazy not to. And now, because you live in Orlando, are you uh, like a, are you a season pass holder, or do you get to the park a lot? I am. You got to be. Did I you am. work yeah, there I'm when you were a kid? Did you ever work there? No, but one of my brothers did. Have you ever been attacked by yeah, one a of my croc- brothers did. crocodile attack? Uh, <laughs> no, but I've... Uh, I've seen them quite fr- quite frequently. Oh, I bet you do. You see them like uh, I see squirrels out here. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I don't know so what can we do? Quite <laughs> Wait, they're falling out of trees. <laughs> so what can we do for you? I actually, I actually have a burning question for you about Galaxy's Edge. I'm very curious. Are there any plans for Puppet Lando to take a trip out to? Anaheim or here in Orlando to catch a ride on Smuggler's Run. Well, I'm sure um, I'm sure uh, Puppet Lando would uh, appreciate the uh, the credits to fly him out there and um, make it happen. But no, we have no plans right now. But I imagine we'll be trying to target that Orlando park once everything's up and fully running, including the Rise of the Resistance ride. And maybe even the hotel as well. So if all that stuff is up and going and uh, everything works out right with the scheduling and uh, Puppet Lando's extensive uh, shooting schedule, um, we'll definitely make it happen. We'll definitely make that happen. I I would love to see Puppet Lando perform in the heat. That's that's the thing I would love to see the most. (laughs) Puppet Lando in the heat. You ever see felt just burst into flame spontaneously? No, Daniel, we're not going to let you go yet. I do want to ask you um, while, oh, while you're while you're here: um, Has there been any talk yeah. about uh, when tickets might potentially go on sale? As Jim pointed out, we're only a couple months away. Um, if they follow suit, I, I didn't really I didn't really follow the pattern uh, between the time that it opened and when the tickets went on sale, I think well, they, they take on... reservations, right? Right, uh, right. I mean, you can buy tickets for the Disney park and just earmark that day and say, that's when I'm going to go. But to make a reservation, I don't even think they've made any announcements about that necessarily happening in the Orlando park, but I'm sure it's going to Daniel. What have you heard? Anything? Yeah, I've not heard anything. No? I've not heard anything. My uh, a friend of mine in Anaheim, uh, or actually uh, Los Angeles, but she went out to to the, the park there. She she got her reservations about a month out. Mm. 
And what was her when you talked to her after she experienced the whole thing? What what, what did she have to say? Oh, she loved it. Yeah, she loved it. Uh, you know, it was it was she. I think she said she rode the Falcon about four times. Uh, wasn't really able to get into the cantina. Like you really had to plan to do that right from the jump, or else that line was just pretty insane. But. Yeah. We're here about too. the cantina. The cantina yeah. is crazy. Even in the morning hours, people just, they don't care. Hey, we're in Disney. Let's get our drink out. Yes. Everyone's just so excited to drink <laughs> at Disney. And that's, <laughs> I think that's the big selling. I think that's a bigger selling point than Star Wars at this point right now is getting blasted at Disneyland. <laughs> people have been waiting since 1955 for this. <laughs> All right. Well, Daniel, thanks very much. Uh, appreciate the call and good luck to you as you uh, venture there to uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the uh, the southern southern. Uh, I don't know what they're going to call the southern outpost. I don't know what, but southeastern. Yeah, whatever. There, there is no northeast, south and west in space. All right. So we've talked quite a bit about Galaxy's Edge. I know that there's a lot of Star Wars on the horizon. We're looking at the return of the Clone Wars, the mm-hmm. debut of the Mandalorian, and of course, the premiere of Episode 9 this December. So I think we've talked enough about Galaxy's Edge. I would love to hear what you guys think about other Star Wars topics. So give us a call right now. We posted the number up on Patreon, but I'll just give it to you. Anyway, it's 708-866-1737. 708-866-1RFR. You know, here's an article. This is over at uh, Screen Rant. Now, this is something I hadn't really thought of. Uh, and you just, you know, one way to get people to click on your story. You know, we don't do this kind of uh, uh, thing where we're trying to, like, game people. We don't do the clickbait thing. But you do, like, a, a countdown, like, top ten this Top mm-hmm. five that, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot story. of this is, yeah. That's what they do to get the clicks. Uh, stop uh, Star Wars top ten most hated Jedi. Wow, hated Jedi. Now this is going across all of uh, Star Wars canon. Hmm. Have you ever considered? Boy, I hate that Jedi. Um, uh, have you ever considered? Is there anyone that has uh, gotten under your skin that way? Yeah, I mean, there are yeah, a couple yeah. with me during the Clone Wars era. I really didn't like Luminara Unduli because she was constantly just giving up. Well, if that's what the force wants, it's like, wait, there are people dying in there. What are you talking about? I mean, she was, she she was, was, she was apathetic about even, you know, her own Padawan Barris Afi being put to risk in uh, season two. So I lost a lot of respect for her that way. I thought she was a bummer. Yeah, she really was. She was like Luminara Downer. Um, <laughs> yeah. This article cites um, Bastilla Sean from the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, well, see, I've never played the game, but I have the action figure, and the action figure is really cool. Uh, all right, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep her off the list because the action figure is cool. How about Coleman Trebor? What? Uh, Coleman Trebor? Okay, why would people hate him? Now, here's what I know about him. Uh huh. He's a character background character that was shot. During the Battle of Geonosis in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, he's sort of like the first man down. Yeah, he's the one who jumps out and gets blasted off the balcony, isn't yes, he? Yes, yes. And he's kind of, he looks like a dinosaur. He's got the big, um, 
like the thing on his head, head the big like uh what would you call that fin on his head well what happened was it looks like george turned the head upside down when he was looking at the maquettes and he came across <laughs> coleman trevor and he's like well you know eyes are on top like normal but let's let be wild if we put it where the mouth are and because <laughs> if you look it looks like he's got a mouth in his forehead and two eyes where his jaw should be yeah so that's kind of weird and i also know that it's a character that was named as a tribute to rob coleman who is the uh supervisor of uh cgi and uh animation supervisor mm. of the prequels yeah that's that's all i know of him why would somebody hate that guy I know he was he was the first man down. This was like the shot heard around the world started the Clone Wars. Uh, I think he's pretty brave. He dropped down there. He was going to take out Dooku. Now, imagine if he would have been successful. Django Fett took him out. Yeah, Django did. Yeah, Quick yeah. draw Django. Now, the next one I, I, I kind of have to agree with. I mean, there's really no one more worthless than Agent Kolar. Agent Kolar. I mean, he went down fast. Um, he's the dude with the horns. And uh, he goes into Sidious's office. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's in that. I think he's the first one he takes out. Right. He's he's a Zabrak, if yeah, I remember that's correctly. That's right. Yeah, and, he's a Zabrak. Yeah. And he's derivative of another character who looked just like him in the Phantom Menace, and he was a member of the Jedi Council. But apparently, they couldn't get that actor back. That actor who was seen on screen for a maximum of like three seconds. Uh, they couldn't get the same guy, so they hired another guy and used the same prosthetics on him and just changed his name. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes me hate him a little bit, too. Eve Koth, I believe, is the uh, other Zabrak who was a member of the Jedi Council in Episode 1. Ah. Yeah. Right. So they, I mean, does this list offer us like any sort of reason? Oh, yeah, why yeah, yeah. yeah. Are yeah, why, yeah. Do, why, why do people hate Agent Kolar, right? I don't well, understand. Well, he got stabbed first by uh, Palpatine. True. You know, he lunged at him uh, doing that, according to this, uh, the fancy mid-air gymnastic role. I like mm. that. Yeah. Um, but still, uh, he just didn't last very long. What kind yeah. of counter move do you put up when a 65-year-old man is corkscrewing through the air at you? I mean, you're just in awe looking at it. And before you know it, the lightsaber is right through your chest. I, you know, listen, if anyone else was there, the same thing would have happened to him. It's just like, uh, remember, you know, Bartman and the Cubs when he caught the foul ball and it ruined everything for the Cubs about 16 years ago. Mm. Agent Kolar is the Steve Bartman of Star Wars. He would have done the same thing. People out there know what I'm talking about. You know baseball. They know what I mean by that. Hmm. Agent Kolar is the Steve Bartman of Star Wars. Okay. Next. Next. Who's next? All right. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to disagree with that here. Um, we're going to have to. Uh, we got a little. Uh, we got a little issue here. Uh, yeah. Where's our callers? Yeah. They 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 sort of dropped off. Um, we got a little problem with our uh, our call in studio software. So oh. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just take me a second here. Okay. Um, no, no worries. We'll get this back up and rolling. So if you got, if you got bounced, you can call back. Call in Q. Oh, okay. They're coming back. All right. <laughs> They're back. They're back. They're back. All right. Let's do this before uh, they uh, they hang up here. All right. Let's go to uh, area code seven one seven. Sorry about the delay there. Hello seven one seven. Who's this? Hey guys, this is Eric from Phoenix. 
Eric, Eric from Phoenix. Please come to Phoenix, she said no. <laughs> How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm actually in your neck of the woods, Jace. I'm out here in Columbus for work, so oh. thrilled that I got through, dialed in a little late, so uh, well, great okay. to hear you guys' show. Well, thank you. We were just talking about Hated Jedi. So uh, there's a there's an article on Screen Rant about the top 10 most hated Jedi. We've already gone through Bastilla Shan, Coleman Trebor or Trebor, and Agent Kolar. When we got to Agent Kolar, Jim goes, whoa, is there any narrative as to why they hate these people? <laughs> well, I wanted to know. I mean, Agent Kolar is like the definition of useless Jedi. I mean, what's more worthless, uh, you know, solar-powered flashlight or Agent Kolar in a Sith fight? Not much difference. <laughs> I don't know. Hate's a strong word to it use. Is. That is. What about you, Eric? Are there any Jedi out there that might get under your skin a little bit? I've never thought of it before. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I I can't say that I've really had any where I'm going, you know, they're really kind of lame. I mean, a couple of those guys at the end die pretty quick, but you kind of realize that um, they got to keep the plot moving along. So to have a real extended lightsaber battle with all those guys in the emperor's office or whatever, um, probably wouldn't work super well. So no, I, I don't really have any that I don't particularly care for. Um, at least that I've ever thought of. I heard Tiati Mundi's a real jerk. And one time even pushed a girl at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's Classic. not true. That's I was thinking about someone else, actually. Um, but uh, what are you calling to uh, talk about, Eric? Well, yeah. First thing, I was just thrilled, Jimmy Mack, that uh, you were able to still call in from your palatial studios, because after the last episode, when you're talking about Gooby Gone, lighter <laughs> fluid in mm. hot. Uh, hot air with a, a blow dryer on the ion cannon setting. Yes, yes. I work for an insurance company, and all I could think of is poor Wendy's going to come home, and there's going to be smoke rolling out of the uh, Jimmy Mac house. So I'm glad that yes. that did not happen uh, with all the flammable liquids and everything. No, so usually the only smoke is uh, coming out of my ears down here in the uh, Rebel Force Radio North <laughs> studio complex. But uh, no, I mean, actually, um, I have continued to uh, work on these 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 labels that are stuck on these action figures. And I've had some pretty good success lately. Uh, today, as a matter of fact, I uh, was able to get the, the uh, sticker off of all of those cards. And I was using the hairdryer. I was using the Goo Gone. I was using Q-tips. And I was using my fingernails. Now, what they said I should do is continue to apply the heat. So you don't turn the hairdryer off while you're picking the label away. Oh, and, is uh, that it? Yeah. And oh. so that's when you really give up a lot for your hobby. Because I swear to God, the skin was peeling <laughs> off my fingertips there after a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I had some pretty good success with that. And I appreciate everyone for offering their support, their advice, and uh, holding my hand through all of this. Because that is the reason, Jason, why I was turned off by this line to begin with, as you were you know, calling me out last week, and making poor Barry Harmon feel terrible. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Look at that. How, <laughs> I, I caught Barry Harmon at the uh, Galloping Ghost swap meet over uh -huh. the weekend. 
And I was like, don't listen to what Swank said. Oh, yeah, don't listen to Swank. But the reason why I was turned off by these figures to begin with was because they had that big decal there on it. And at first, I didn't realize that it was an adhesive thing. I thought it was part of the printing. I thought it was it was impossible to remove. But once I learned they were removable, oh, I've just been having a good old time here with uh, the goo gone and the hair dryer and uh, yeah, just just minding my own business with the uh, <laughs> adhesive remover and uh, the Vidal Sassoon iron powered hair dryer. What about you, Eric? Are you uh, are you a collector? You know, um, so I have kids similar in age to Jimmy Mac, and when our oldest, my wife was actually pregnant with our oldest when we were at Celebration One, and um, pretty much once he was born, I just I haven't collected a whole lot. We buy stuff when we go to Star Wars Celebration. Um, I did ask for the retro figures for Father's Day. The problem is I didn't tell my wife that at Target you have to go to the men's clothing area, so. I had told her about it a couple weeks ago and she went in, must've went in the last week or so. And she went in and they said they're discontinued. And she told me it. I said, Oh shoot. They're probably over in men's clothing. And she, she looked at me like, what are you talking about uh-huh, in men's uh-huh. clothing? I said, no, nah. the guy said that's where they're at. She goes, well, it's too late. I bought you something else, which is fine. Um, so yeah, I collect very little. Um, I am interested in the retro figures, and I actually put out on the Patreon page last episode. You guys talked about figures that we'd like to see that were never made, and I, I had just got done running, and so I was trying to think through the figures from when I was a kid that they never made. And I, I don't know what the plan is for the retro figures. I actually hope they make all the original line, and if they add in some of the stuff they never made when we were kids, I think that'd be pretty cool too. Um, but that other than that, I, I don't collect a ton. It's, you know, it's did just, a character uh, jump out at you as far um, as, you know, someone. That, oh yeah. yeah oh, he gave, Eric, Eric posted a whole list oh, he did. Oh, okay. on the Patreon page. I have it in front of me. Here it is. Yeah. So the, the Luke, the Luke and ceremonial, cause I'm, I'm pretty certain they never made that nope. power of the force. Nope. Nope. And that, never did. that outfit as a kid, I love that. I mean, just, that was such, I don't know why. It was just such a cool outfit and they never made it. Um, You know, like wedge. um, It just seemed like he should have had a figure made. He never had a figure made. You know, we had prune face who, by the way, um, you never can, you can barely see, you have to stop the old DVD to even get a glimpse of that character. Um, But we didn't have, you know, we didn't have wedge. We didn't have Piet. We didn't have Ozzel. Um, You know, we didn't have sand trooper. Can we get a mofter Jared? Yeah. There you go. I, 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 I could have handled that. Um, but I think there's, I think there's enough, especially from star Wars. I, I started having a harder time coming up with stuff from the, from empire and Jedi. Cause it seemed like they made, they made a lot more figures. Yeah. Um, they did. I'd but, love to uh, see a mon. I think Mothma. there's a lot they could do. A mon Mothma would be yep, good. I put her down too. Yep. Yeah. She would be a great one. And removable other- helmets, Vader removable helmet vader yes yeah so the the end of jedi where you see uh sebastian shaw Uh as darth vader so uh seeing darth vader without his helmet on you know they had other characters you could take the helmet off you know luke and stormtrooper leah and bush Mm -hmm. um so why couldn't they do that with darth vader yeah because there was a couple of them guys that you could take the helmet off um 
you know, skiff guard Lando. He had the helmet that came off, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Yep, yep. sure did. Um, Luke Stormtrooper. So that to me would. Yep. Mm-hmm. They need a Han Stormtrooper. So. We need one of those. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, that was the the bulky Kenner figures you could mail away for. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't all, the original. That's right. It's starting to all run together. Uh, some of the uh, other uh, imperial dignitaries would be kind of interesting. You know, he had that Palpatine had that little uh, gaggle of uh, creepy dudes. They did make one, but he mm-hmm. was the only they one. They made the he, one guy, the yeah. creepiest looking guy they made. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't go through the droids. You know, the clear droids I always thought would be cool. Well, he was. But, he was that, not that, a peg warmer. That imperial dignitary was a peg warmer, if I ever saw one. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I don't remember Admiral him Akbar. being a peg warmer. Oh, I didn't think it. any of the uh, power of the force were, were warming any pegs back then. Well, See, 13-year-old you, Jimmy Mack you, calls you, it like he sees it, <laughs> and that thing was a peg warmer. Montgomery Ward. You'd go to Montgomery <laughs> Ward, and they'd have about 750 of Best Pin Leia's. Ooh, really? That was the only thing you could buy. Really? Oh, oh, I would love to go back in time. Bespin Leia, that was one of my yeah, favorites. Now I, I never would. got her. I never got her as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, any store reports from the Woolworths? <laughs> Maybe the Zares? Yeah. You know? <laughs> have you been to Venture lately? Remember hey. Venture or Turnstile? Maybe you were there. No, I'm from... I'm, I'm from Iowa. We didn't have all those stores. And actually, I lied. It wasn't Montgomery Ward. It was Woolworths. You're right. <laughs> it was Woolworths. Listen, I've been figure hunting in Iowa before. I know where to go. We're the only show that gives you store reports from Montgomery Ward. In, <laughs> from in, 40 years ago. In 1980. Uh, here's what's on the pegs. 1983. Oh, man. Oh, Eric, thank you very much, man. Thanks for calling. Uh, appreciate the support on the Patreon. And, uh, of course, yeah, those those uh, timely store reports <laughs> from the Woolworths. And make sure that um, make sure you stay in touch and keep that. That's a, that's great. I got to go look at your post or on the Patreon page and see all those that you uh, all those names that you dropped for potential Hey guys, Retro great. Vintage. thanks for having me on. And once again, had a great time at the Lulu event. Seriously, it was oh, the highlight you. of Celebration Chicago. We had a great time, front row seats there, and uh, can't wait till um, California. See oh, you guys I'm glad next you bring year, it so. up. Thanks. You know, um, the, the big difference between having Star Wars Celebration in Chicago as opposed to having it in California is the fact that. I can't easily go out and scout venues or uh, call for uh, favors and things like that, work my massive network of connections, because it's very slim for me, slim pickings in Anaheim. Mm. I will be out there next month. So if you know of a venue that could potentially host one or two Rebel Force Radio live podcasts to happen next year, during Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, we've heard that it's going to happen in August. That's just what we've heard. There's been no announcement made as far as dates. But I'll tell you what, there are people who know who are telling me in Chicago, oh, yeah, it's next year in August in Anaheim. That's what they were telling me. Again, not confirmed. But um, well, I heard Max Sparky's backyard. That's where the RFR uh, meetup's going to be. 
he's out there, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, what if we, we, you know, rented a house or something and just oh man, did it at a house, you know, shipped out our own PA and everything and just did it privately. But see, I think there's liability issues that concern me doing it that way. Hmm. Really? Because, I mean, we will bring in 200 people easily. So that's the size of venue I'm looking at. 150 to 200, Orange County, Anaheim, somewhere out there that could be friendly to podcasters. Yeah, I like it. I like we it. We had a great time at Reggie's. Oh, they so were if there's, so great. you know, similar venue, a music club, a place where you could see us doing a podcast. Well, both so. of them were great. I mean, Lulu was amazing. I mean, it was a much smaller place, but um, both of them were, were really fun. What I liked about Reggie's in particular was we had that, that, uh, that sound guy. And, oh, and, John. Yeah. yeah, John. And we, 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 we thought, you know, it's like we're so used to having to do everything ourselves. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> we, need a, we need a this. Or we needed yeah. that. And John Why is it like, this working? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. You yeah, know, it's not it. my first rodeo here, guys. I was back there to see a band a few weeks ago. And John was behind the board. And I went over and said hey to him. And he was very cordial. And I noticed several RFR stickers plastering the bathroom at Reggie's. Thank you for letting that evening live on in the urinals of Chicago. So just Jimmy Mac's phone number is uh, there in the back. <laughs> All right, here we go. We've got another uh, caller here. This is uh, area code 604. Who do we have on the line? It's Wayne and Zach from Vancouver, Canada. How's it going, eh? Oh, hey. it's going great. Beauty, eh? Beauty. Hey, uh, Jimmy Mac. Yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Disneyland, and I sent you a video of myself trying to break into uh, Galaxy's <laughs> Edge, doing the yeah. code on the door. Right, yes, on Twitter. Right. Yeah, on I was Twitter, trying to help yeah. you guys out, too. Uh, what was the code? Yeah, so you have to understand. Over. Hold on, let me just paint the picture here for a second. Wayne, um, Jason, they were right outside of Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. And there's a big wall up and a door. And then you open the door, and there's another door on the inside and you see there's a keypad and this is a a week or two before the park was open to the public. And so Wayne and his crew, they're all trying to crack the code. So they would punch in some numbers. What was the first number you tried? Um, uh, May, May 4th, 77. Yeah. Good call. That was a good one. That didn't work. So I said, try one, one, three, eight. And they tried, I think, security, then chase you guys away, if I remember correctly. <laughs> we, we tried the old Saturday Night Live candy gram type of thing on the door. That didn't work either. <laughs> no, that was good. Thanks candy for that. Uh, uh-huh. It didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. Hey, so just a serious question. Um, I've, I've been watching Solo a lot more. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying it more and more every time. What do you think the chances? I know they had that um, online petition. What do you think the chances are for maybe doing like a young Indiana Jones series, but doing it on Disney Plus, the young Han Solo series? 
Oh, I, well, I think that's a much more likely outcome if they wanted to continue with these characters and that story. I think, yeah, streaming would be the place they'd park it as opposed to creating Solo 2. But uh, yeah, I don't know if that's um, an avenue they want to pursue or not. It was interesting to see there was a lot of fan support for that idea. I think Star Wars fans, anyone who's seen Solo, you, you like it. But um, it just failed to really bring in that box office that the big tentpole films are supposed to bring in. And that scares away all the bean counters at Disney, of course. So uh, unfortunate, because I thought they were priming the characters and the, the actors, the cast. I think they were priming that all to be a standalone series on its own, you know, solo, uh, like how they did with Marvel, you know, where you have the Iron Man one, two, and three, and then they all get together for Avengers. If pulled off correctly, if they had the ability to pull it off the way that Marvel was, then you might've seen something like that. A Han Solo standalone series, a Luke Skywalker standalone series, bring them all together for one big movie, you know? A Leia thing. But I think streaming is the place where they're going to be parking those characters. What do you think? Yeah, I, I hope so. Hey, can I, one more thing before we run. Um, the hold music that you guys have on here. Oh, yeah. Is what is horrible. it? I've never There's, heard it. What is it? Oh, my. It is the most depressing <laughs> piano concerto you have ever heard. Oh, no. my ever. gosh. You see, is there a way that we could, no, can we horrible. customize that? Well, Maybe uh, we. I, I, no, you can't customize. I wish we could. Um, I'll, I'll look into it, but I, I don't believe that you can. You can you can choose to let people listen to the show or you can choose to yeah. let them listen to hold music. And I went with the hold music. I didn't realize that it was going to be some bad elevator job. I no, thought, it's you know, not like, even bad elevator. It's depressing. Oh, really? Oh, well. Depressing. <laughs> More depressing than the show? You're talking about. Oh my goodness! Here wow. It is. You should ask I got it. Caller. Oh, Jimmy's got it. What does it sound like? It doesn't even sound musical. It doesn't. Is that's terrible? Is that music? Make it stop. Oh, my goodness oh. gracious. Make it stop. Oh. All right. So they, can people actually hear the, the show when they're on hold or that's what they're no. listening to? Well, no. I mean, you could turn we down the hold music and listen to the show on Mixler. Oh, uh, you know what? <sighs> what would you prefer? Would you, I mean, the, the one thing about that terrible sound, I, I, I refuse to even call it music. But <laughs> one thing you do have in your favor is, you know, if you've been disconnected or not. And we've already run through one technical issue with that tonight. They were probably like, so, oh, thank God. Yeah, right. We've been put out of our, <laughs> our anguish. Well, yeah. you're right about that one, Wayne. I, I can't uh, fault you on your opinion of that. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should go with a musicless situation there. As now, opposed- while we're talking about Solo, I do want to say, you know, Ron Howard, who I have great respect for, I think he's just... Talk about a salt of the earth kind of guy. He uh, he was on a, a another podcast. It wasn't our show. He was on another podcast, um, and he said that he he was he noticed that there was pushback from the Last Jedi 
but he said that aggressive trolling, this is a quote, was a crucial factor in what happened with Solo. Uh, Here's a quote. He says, it was pretty interesting. It was especially noticeable prior to the release of the movie. Several of the algorithms, whether it was Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, there was an inordinate pushdown on the want-to-see score on Rotten Tomatoes and on fan voting. But, I mean... Do we really believe? I don't know. This could be true. Do you? Do we think that Rotten Tomatoes or no. Metacritic really has that big of a no. pull? I never open up Rotten Tomatoes and say, "Should I go see this or not?" No, no, never. No. You know, there you can point fingers all you want, but there's always going to be a very important element of all film marketing, and it's called word of mouth. And if the word of mouth of your film is bad, You can label it however you want, trolls or whatever, you know, word of mouth is bad and people won't go see your film and word of mouth about solo was bad. The marketing was bad. There was fallout from the previous film episode eight that has been very divisive and, and hurtful to the fan base. That was another bad element leading into solo. It it was a perfect storm. Everyone had been hearing reports about production issues of of extreme magnitude. 80% of the film in the can and the directors get let go. That is uncommon. Ron Howard, by his good graces, saved that film. We are lucky we have a solo to even be watching. Yeah. You know, under under most circumstances, if, if there wasn't so much pressure on Star Wars, then I think... In most circumstances, with all the issues and problems they had with that film, it would have been scrapped. But no, they they kept it alive because they wanted to follow through because Star Wars is such an important brand. And, you know, I think they did the right thing. I think Ron saved the film, quite honestly. I do, too. I I agree. I, I agree that he saved it. I just wish they would have played it at Christmas instead of May. Yeah, I think they do too. Yeah, I think they realize that too. Yeah, because Mary Poppins didn't turn out the big, <laughs> the big uh, money fall that they thought was going to happen. <laughs> that thing was how just about you how know. How bad the new X Men movie is? Well, we've been hearing a lot about that too. I'm not as invested in the X Men franchise to care about Dark Phoenix. Well, I thought they already did that. No, it just came out last no, week, and it's it, critically well, panned. Did they do the whole Phoenix thing? Wasn't that in X-Men 3? I don't know. Who knows? There's so many. Why, why do you ask questions? When, when, <laughs> right when I say, I don't care, I'm not invested in the, and you're like, well, well let's break it down into some <laughs> trivial BS. Well, I think that they did it in X-Men 3. I don't know. I saw the, uh, the first three X-Men movies, and that was pretty much it. I didn't see the, you know, the, the, the young generation, or whatever it was called, where they de-aged... Patrick, no, no, they recast. That's right, they recast. All right. Which well, this latest you're one to is, do in uh, X Men, but you can't do that in Star Wars. There is more flexibility in X Men now. Of course, um, the, the connections to uh, this latest X Men being a huge disaster in and in, um, in Star Wars, there is a connection there because uh, uh, the guy who directed. Dark Phoenix is Simon Kinberg, uh, and his um, 
contributions to Star Wars include being an executive producer on Star Wars Rebels, a show which he worked on early with Dave Filoni um, to develop that show. But Simon also really was kind of dipping his fingers into all matters of Star Wars at that time, more than just Rebels. He was the guy who brought on board Josh Trank to direct the Boba Fett film. It was via Simon Kinberg's recommendation that Josh Trank was brought on board to uh, Star Wars because uh, and Kinberg also brought him on board to work on the um, Fantastic Four film. Trank notoriously <laughs> sabotaged that film, I guess, is the best well, way to we, put we've it. We've heard some stories that are just too crazy to make up. And, uh, and so he has demons, let's just say, Josh Trank. And so he left the whole concept of a Boba Fett standalone film just completely in shambles. And they had to scrap that film and rushed solo into production to uh, essentially replace the, the Boba Fett film in the, uh, in the uh, lineup there. So Simon makes his, I think this is his directorial debut, this Dark Phoenix film. People are talking about how bad this movie is. Now, I, I can't make any judgment call on it. I heard the action sequences were real good, but the acting and dialogue was real stiff. And it just most of the articles I've seen about Dark Phoenix say, what a terrible way for the Fox X-Men franchise to go out on such a whimper. Yeah. You know, for all I know, there's tons of people listening who love that thing. So, uh, you know, I don't want to make any judgment calls on that, but I'm just kind of keen on pointing out the fact that uh, Simon was a big supporter, Josh Trank, and that guy destroyed the idea of a Boba Fett film, and now Simon has really just worked his magic once again, this time on the X-Men. I don't mean to be so harsh on him, because I think he's a talented guy. Simon Kimberg, he has, a, 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 I think, a good resume and stuff. I have no hang-ups with Simon Kimberg, and and everything and, and, and rebels was good, but, uh, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Wayne, thanks so much, hey, buddy. Sorry. One more thing before yeah. I go. When is this, the swank, uh, ringtone coming out? Oh, what's that? I'll, I'll do it this week. What should it say? No, it's the laugh. Oh, his laugh. Oh, did we say we'd make yeah, that a ringtone? Okay, all right. I'm making a note to myself. This is for uh, Virtual Swank? Yeah, this might have happened during the Virtual Swank. All right. Uh, you know, I mean, it was uh, craziness while you were in New I, York around here. <laughs> I, I heard. <laughs> what I a heard. wild time. All right, Wayne. Thanks, buddy. We uh, appreciate the call <laughs> and the support. Uh, let's see. Who do we have next? Who's been waiting the longest? Uh, we've got, yeah. we got uh, <laughs> area code 801. What should it say? Yo. Uh-oh. Hey, guys, this is Dan Larson. Hey, Dan. Dan, how are you? Good. What can we do for you? Hey, so I was, well, I was just, uh, have you guys had a chance to read these new Thrawn novels? Yeah, you know, I've had a real issue with the new era of fiction, and I have struggled to make it through all of the books. Now, the first one I think I did most of the audiobook and I read the comic that was based on it. And I was surprised that I didn't remain 
really locked into that story because I do like Timothy Zahn and I do like Grand Admiral Thrawn quite a bit. Now, there's been, what, one or two since then have come out. There have been, yeah. There's been there two. Been. And and I agree. Like I've, I've really struggled with some of the, the new EU canon coming out. I'm struggling. Um, I don't know why it is. I don't know what it is. It's just, um, you know, it, it's not like the old EU, in my opinion, was perfect. I think it started getting really big and bloated there toward the end with these massively long book series. But at the same time, it also gave you a foundation that you could follow from you know point to point and connect all the dots. With this current run of um, the new era of expanded universe, I should say, um, it just seems like the books drop in there any points of the timeline, and they're tackling subject matter that I'm not really too willing to throw myself into it. It seems inconsequential to the overall saga as the new films are coming out and there's comic books all the time. And the novels to me, a novel is a real investment. You know, um, when I'm reading a novel, I focus on that novel and I take my time with novels too. I'll let it just for a month. It'll be the only thing I read. When I have time to read, I'll pick up the book I'm currently focusing on and I'll read it. So it usually takes me about a solid month of uh, finding whatever free time I can to get through a novel if I'm actually sitting down and reading it. That's why I probably have drifted more toward audiobooks. But sometimes I don't find the audiobook to be as enjoyable as reading it. I get tired of hearing someone else's voice tell me the story. So I then, you know, boy, I wish I had time to read this sucker because it's a different experience when you're listening to the audio book, a well delivered audio read by a great narrator and well produced with variety and stuff can just, you know, blow your mind away. But a lot of times it's the same narrator and they use the same sound effects and it just all feels the same. So I prefer actually the more personal experience of actually reading a novel. And in this new era of Star Wars, I've had difficulty with the expanded universe. But so what's up with those strong books? Are they good? Should I read them? Well, so I, I, well, I don't know. I, I, I just finished the second one and I really, I, I struggled with it. And then toward the end, I, I questioned something they threw in there and I, I wanted to get your guys' take on what it is they're trying to suggest. Um, but this, it's a conversation that Thrawn is having with Vader. And this is, this is post, um, a new hope, I believe. All right. What book is this? Um, in fact, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's just before it's right around the time of rebels, but it's, it's Thrawn and Vader talking and, the, the, the conversation is around the fact that Vader has this, you know, force ability to look into the future a bit. Um, and Thrawn calls this um, third sight. And, and he, he talks about how in, in his Chiss culture, it says the Chinna word is, you know, some long word. Thrawn said in basic, it translates to Skywalker, another small smile uh, from Thrawn. You can imagine my momentary confusion when I first encountered general anakin skywalker and so i i wonder what are they trying to suggest that the the name skywalker comes from something it means something that shmi was was somebody prior to having met the jedi mm. 
Well, I mean, you know what? To go there would require a real redefinition of just about everything we know about Star Wars at this point. Hearing that Episode Nine is going to be called The Rise of Skywalker makes you wonder a little bit. Right. Are, right, you know, right. How, when I saw that, I, it made me wonder. When, when you hear talk about Episode Nine being the thing to provide closure and wrap up all nine films of the Star Wars saga, then that means there's going to be some things that we've always interpreted to be one way. They will be revealed to be something else because everything is going to have to fit together. And the only way you can make that happen is by providing some, some new insight into the background of everything from Shmi to Anakin to Palpatine to Obi-Wan, Yoda, Qui-Gon. I, I hope they all come into play somehow in episode nine, even if it's just a line of dialogue. Just to give us some further information. But I, like I said, I, I, I really think episode nine is going to do things to make us look at the entire saga, certain elements in a different way. And Skywalker could be one. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Hmm. Now, have you heard this, Jason? Uh, yeah. Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> you lost me at novel. It's novel. Um, See, he wasn't even listening. I knew No, he I was wasn't. listening. I was listening. No, of course. Um, it actually was, um, if I remember correctly, the one of the first references that we ever heard of, of Batu, and uh, what's the uh, what's the name of the outpost there on on Batu? Black Spire. Yeah, the Black Spire outpost was from the uh, the Thrawn novel. The uh, what was it? Alliances. I think yeah. that was it. Yep, yep. It's this book. Yeah, it's so it's, so it's this book. So this is the book where we actually it, it sort of takes place half in the past and half in the in present. And by present we mean, uh, you know, Vader and and Thrawn are together. But Thrawn is remembering back to when he first met Anakin Skywalker as a Jedi general. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, this book has been out for quite a while, about a year. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, it's significant in the sense that it sort of opened up the door to this uh, Batu uh, system planet and the in uh, in the outpost. And then there's some there was some uh, uh, I don't know. There, I remember this being somewhat controversial at the time when it initially came out but how many how many books were there was this a part of a trilogy yeah i think there are three it is. books the, the, the last one comes out next month i believe okay. oh okay all right well you have to report back to us uh dan let us know what you think where do you think they're going with this i don't know it, it the, the the way that they're using the name would almost suggest what you're hearing in the media, which is that the, the name Skywalker is going to mean something other than just a last mm-hmm. name. You know, it's going to be an order or something, right? And maybe we'll get more information because it makes me wonder, because um, we meet uh, Shmi on, on Tatooine. She has the last name of Skywalker, 
where did that come from? Is that, is that really just, just a last name and Anakin and Luke just happened to get that? Or is it significant in some way? Wow. Um, I don't think they've ever really answered that. And it also provides a wide open door for Ray to assume that name. It does. Because as we all know, she is without a last name. So it's all kind of coming together now, isn't it? It'll be interesting to listen to these shows, uh, say, uh, January 2020. It'll be very interesting to listen yeah. to shows. Well, thanks so much for calling, Dan. Um, and uh, like Jason said, keep us up to speed on what's happening with Timothy Zahn's Thrawn series, okay? Yeah, yeah will do. All, all right, right, thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right, let's see. We've got uh, area code 734. You're next here on Rebel Force Radio. Hello, hello. Who do we have? Hi, this is uh, Sean W. from Warsaw. Sean from Warsaw. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Oh, we're hanging in there. Hanging in there. Having a great time yeah. talking to you wonderful Patreon supporters. Uh, so what's on your Absolutely. mind tonight? Oh boy. Well, um I uh I posted this up on the uh the Patreon community a few days ago and I'm still stuck on it honestly. I was uh I was referring to some uh episode 9 speculation uh specifically about well, Luke Skywalker, you know, like a lot of people. I'm I'm one of those that I guess I have the, the hang up over the whole uh the whole Kylo Ren flashback scene, you know. It just doesn't it doesn't quite feel like like Luke, you know. Which and version? I've just been thinking about how. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the big one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. They're really not yeah, all that different, so. to tell you the truth. That's one of my hangups with it. Right, right. But um, yeah, the the one where he's actually contemplating murdering him in his sleep, you know, it just ah, uh, but um. The, the whole topic, though, is, is episode nine discussion, not episode eight. So I, I wanted to throw this at you guys here to see what you guys guys think here, because I've just been like I've been racking my brain to try to understand like what could have made Luke, I guess, believe that Kylo Ren was actually worse than you know Vader, or at least as bad as the Emperor. And to me, like maybe he actually saw that you know Kylo Ren is irredeemable perhaps maybe even the spirit of the emperor lives inside him or something you know that's kind of what uh, what happened in the dark empire comics where the spirit of the emperor would kind of float around and take over bodies and hot bodies and all that so i don't know just a just a crazy idea i thought i'd throw out you guys and and you know how does it how does that scene work for you guys how do you how do you understand what luke you know, what motivated Luke in that, that scene? I've, I've just, I've really just been struggling with it. I could use some catharsis really bad to be perfectly honest. Well, I think one of the things that's, that's different is the fact that uh, not only is this blood, I mean, you can say if, if you look at Darth Vader, when Leia and Luke became aware of Darth Vader, he was already a monster. All right. They didn't know him as right. bad. In this case, what Luke is dealing with is what he perceives to be a monster that's also his best friend's son, his sister's 
son, his nephew. Uh, there are connections and there's sentiments and there's, there's all kinds of things that are going to make this a very, very difficult situation. And in now I'm not, I'm not justifying it, nor am I saying that this is the direction that I'd have gone as a storyteller, but in, in, in Luke's mind, it, it could have been a, a mercy killing. He might've thought, I, you know what I can do? I can solve so much right here, right now, mm-hmm. so much pain that's coming down the pike. Um, and no one has to know. Yeah. Um, it's that old question, you know, yeah. if, if you, if you could kill Hitler in his crib, would you do it? Right. If right. you knew, if you knew, <laughs> as a matter of fact, to really get kind of deeper into this, I would suggest you take a look at the film Looper, which was also written and directed by Ryan Johnson. The reason I'm telling Ooh. you to look at that, because this subject matter actually plays very heavily into that film. Killing an evil before it becomes unleashed, taking that proactive step to remove a problem before it germinates into reality. Right. And it deals with time travel in order right. to achieve this. You know, kind of like the Terminator right. does too, in a, in a way. You know, the Terminator is also something that, from a certain point of view, also kind of right right kind of yeah, does take this out note. the mother take out the See, mother yeah yeah cut yeah cut the head off the serpent um sure so the unfortunate thing is and and and, and i think the biggest issue with it is it's all being presented to us in these real brief flashbacks. We don't get to go through the progression with these characters that we already know so well going into it. Everything is being de- deconstructed and rebuilt. And that is becoming a priority of Hollywood with established iconic franchises, deconstruct and rebuild. I really wish that the Disney company waited until after episode nine for their big deconstruction and rebuilding, but they're, they want to do it now. Yeah. So they've, and they've really focused on Luke. They focused in on Luke very heavily and, um, and maybe a little recklessly too, I might add. Another thing, um, right. but that's my opinion. Um, something that our listener Cam brings up via email, show at rebelforceradio.com. Cam says, of all the possibilities you guys have discussed regarding Luke's fate, I have never heard you mention the possibility that Luke is indeed alive. What if he was never physically present to Ray on Octu to begin with? Is it possible he was force projecting himself to Octu the whole time we see him there? Is it possible? And of course, I don't believe that. <laughs> but Mark Hamill himself would probably say it's possible. Right. So there you go. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, th- these are a lot of ideas. These are fun fan theories I enjoy hearing. And I love the idea that now that we know that Palpatine comes into play in episode nine, as he should, as he rightfully should, he's been there since the beginning. How does that happen? How, how does he actually become an element of evil to be dealt with in the sequel trilogy? Well, living like you know, somehow living on via possessing 
the son of Leia. Maybe like he was like um, just dormant, you know, possessing him, you know. Yeah. Just like you're gradually breaking through. Like Qui-Gon was gradually breaking through to Yoda in episodes two and three. Maybe that's what's been happening. Sure, I know. That's and it, it leaves a lot for the imagination. It's it's pretty fascinating to just contemplate it, uh, just to let your imagination kind of go wild. But I guess I'm just stuck in that rut. Like, how do you is that is that an accurate characterization of, of Luke in that moment to you guys? How how do you deal with that? Well you know, that flashback scene, you know? You know, I've heard a lot of people discussing that and I, I, I don't have, I don't know what to say because it's been 30 years and we're seeing stuff that, you know, I mean, this is, this is stuff we're not privy to. We don't know what led him on the road to get there. So how can we say, how can we say based on the end of return of the Jedi, then I'd say absolutely not, but we're talking about a 30 year gap of character history. That's what makes that's what makes a lot of it hard to And we also know, don't know what, what, what the signs were that Kylo Ren was was yeah was we don't know what he did. We don't Luke just know says, what I he at, did. Luke looked in, saw darkness. Right. Now now let's look at what we have in front of us. So Luke says that when he <laughs> mind probed Kylo Ren, he saw the darkest darkness that darkness could ever darken. Yeah. Right. And what is which what, is what leads me to believe that it might be the emperor, right? What has been that? I mean, if if you could define that in the Star Wars franchise and the and the entire saga, what would that be? What is the greatest evil? It's always been Palpatine. Yeah. So absolutely. So that that makes sense, but we just yeah. have to wait and see if that's all going to be employed. And, uh, oh, you know, um, somebody brought up to me also when Jason, we were talking about Ray's <laughs> wardrobe yes. in episode nine. And we were saying, ah, oh, it's so much like what she was wearing in episode seven. There's been no evolution. Somebody pointed out to me, what if it's that way simply for the fact that they're reusing all of this Carrie Fisher footage and Carrie may have sh- shared scenes with Ray in that film. So it would just be easy to kind of, you know, paint over Ray's clothes to make them a different color, maybe via CGI or whatever, to have her, you know, function in these these scenes with Leia. Uh, Right. That's a good idea. There's some new rumors uh, that have been circulating over the last couple of days about that. Well, that are that are claiming that the use of the Carrie Fisher footage for episode nine is not a, as pure and pristine as what we've been led to believe that this is being digitally manipulated, that they're not necessarily just writing sure, around sure. this. And yeah, be I some... think they're going to make her look a little older. Yep. Yeah. That, right? They're talking about that. Um, there's going to be some cosmetic touch-up going on. Yeah. True, she's not going to be animated as a CG character like Tarkin was. Um, but there are going to be some you know, film tricks in play here to bring her back. 
they'd have to be using stand-ins for scenes and body doubles and things of that nature where it's not really recasting the character or anything stunt people, you know, (laughs) think about it. There's all kind of uh, different people we see embodying a character, even though they aren't often credited with playing that character on screen. When you think about body doubles and stunt actors, etc., they all come into play for every film, for anyone. So, well, th- that's a lot to think about, Sean. I, I really uh, dig your um, your idea that maybe uh, Palpatine has somehow uh, possessed Kylo in a certain way, and and that was the darkness. You know, somehow I think the resurrection of Palpatine does play into to Kylo Ren's story. And uh, that one actually seems pretty feasible. So, uh, Sean from Warsaw, uh, judging by the sound of your voice, I'm assuming Indiana and not Poland. <laughs> right. Yeah, see? I knew very that. true. There you go, Sean. Well, thank you so much for calling. Thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate yeah. it. We have time for just a couple more here before we wrap things up. Let's go to uh, area code 970. You're on with us here. Rebel Force Radio, patron exclusive call-in show. Nine seven zero. What's going on? Who is this? How's it going? It's Jacob in Laramie, Wyoming. How's Jacob it going? In Wyoming, it's going great. How are you? Good, good. Um, so I had a few Last Jedi thoughts for you guys. Oh, lay them on us. Okay, so do we think Palpatine is coming back? Number yes. one. Yes. I think that's okay. Confirmed, and if he actually. does, has it really good? Well, it's been confirmed like, that he's going to be in the film. Yeah, he's in the film. Jacob, are you are you asking whether or not we're going to be seeing a Palpatine that's physical manifestation right. of some sort? I actually believe, if I had to put money down on this, I would say that we're going to see Palpatine as some sort of recording or. Uh, some sort of uh, stuck-in-time kind of phenomenon. I don't think we're going to see Palpatine working in the current timeline. Put it that maybe way. He, maybe he realized the starship he was on was uh, doomed for disasters, so he put himself into a transporter beam loop, just like Scotty did in Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> I don't think they have transporters in Star Wars, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sorry I went there, Jacob. Please forgive me. No, J- no, Jason, that's okay. Jason that's made me do it. We'll blame Jason. He, he's a good one to blame. Yes. Um, but that so would be my I guess. That's that my is. guess. What is <laughs> my guess is so that it's I'm not, it's not that real Palpatine. Is. It's it's some sort of recording or some sort of. Uh, uh, okay, well, yeah, that's probably fair um, because that's it is what I'm kind of leaning towards too. I hope it's not. Well, I like the idea of them looking out onto that that shoreline and, and just out there is the remnants of the Death Star. I love the idea of Ghost Palpatine haunting the Death Star. Can't that's leave. Cool. That's cool. Can't leave. Yeah, but they confront yep. him. Hundred percent. And he spills the beans on certain things. Ray, welcome home, Ray. 
I um, no rain. So I, I think your father. How about that? <laughs> huh? I would be okay with that. I would be fully okay with that. Yep. Um. So if Palpatine does ha- come back physically manifested in some way, what if the wills bring Luke back or this won't happen, but Anakin back to fight him. And that's how nine ends. That's how I would like it to end. I highly doubt it, but that was my kind of thought about it. Oh, showdown between Anakin and Palpatine. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they've or already done more that. likely I probably mean, Luke and Palpatine, but well, no, it was, hey, they, it was uh, Vader in Palpatine, but not really. Yeah, not really. Well, wait, wait. He chucked him oh. down the uh, the exhaust. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that wasn't like. Um, I mean, I I'm saying they've already squared off. Yeah, I guess there had that has been sort of settled. Um, you know, a rematch. Yeah, there's no unfinished business between the two. I right, other than the possibility yeah. of a rematch. Unless Palpatine's alive. Mm-hmm. Unless he's alive, that's true. But but, but, but you see, Anakin. Anakin Skywalker facing off against Palpatine, taking back what he lost at the hands of the evil wizard. I mean, he lost his whole life. Yeah, but then it becomes Palpatine. less. What would be really cool if we were to see both Anakin and Luke come back to fight him. And Anakin defeats Palpatine, still retaining the title of Chosen One. So that doesn't get retconned yep. and passed off to like Rose Tico or somebody. that's my nightmare right there honestly again if if i had to guess if i had to put money on it i think that some sort of recording some sort of information that is on the wreckage of the death star is going to be the MacGuffin of this film holocron yeah oh that feels so that's what i think is going to be it's so star wars out on stage at celebration and it's so it would be so much cooler if he were to actually come back. Fans wouldn't feel let down that way because I think if that happens, fans will feel let down. I agree with you. Ming never dies. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Paul. That's right, well, Paul. I'm not saying that that's what I want. I'm saying that that's what I think is going to no, happen. That's. I, I agree. No, there's I, I, no I evidence to suggest otherwise. I'll put All it that right. way. There's plenty of yeah. evidence to suggest yeah. that that's the direction they're going to go. And they're going to think that that's enough. They're going to think that just seeing McDiarmid back as Palpatine for a couple of seconds and some sort of holocron recording is going to be enough to make. Well, maybe it will be. Maybe Maybe it will be. Could be. Vader's brief appearances in Rogue One stole the show. So, yeah, that's true. But that was was actually Vader. That wasn't a recording of Vader. Well, true, true. I know. I know, but brief appearance is just what I was comparing. Yeah, for sure. Actual physical. For sure. I would be much more satisfied by actually seeing the Emperor make a physical appearance and not in a flashback. It would be so cool. Not as a holocron, not as a hologram. I want to see him there. I want to see a younger version too. That looks just like Ian McDermott now with the 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 plastic rim, black glasses, and the goatee, and the <laughs> you know just the no no that's taking it too far. But I yeah I'd like to see him back with Sith lightning and the robe and the hood and the evil laugh and you know real Emperor Palpatine quality time with Darth Sidious. 
<laughs> That's what I thought the name of the film was going to be. Quality time with Darth Sidious. But <laughs> episode nine. It would be too revealing. Too yeah. revealing. All right. Hey, Jacob, thank you so much for uh, staying up late with us. And, One more uh, thing. Yes, please. Um, next time you guys have glossing on, you guys got to go live so we can hear the uh, Popeye takes. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Popeye and you guys edited him out. I did. No, it was ridiculous. These guys talked about Popeye for 20 minutes. <laughs> I couldn't even get the show going. I had to take all references out. I had to scrub it out. This so, is a Popeye's podcast. Listen, now. I have been. I, I, I've been and we're not talking about chicken either. No, we're talking no. about. The Thursday, oh God, these guys! So you you can thank me. The show was like four hours long. Oh, there it is. Hey, that's I I would love a four hour long show. How is it that anytime I want the Mark Hamill, it's possible drop never has, but you bring up Popeye and he's firing off the Robin Williams soundtrack. There it is again. <laughs> Gonna snuck your snuts right out of you. <laughs> All right, listen, I'll be a Patreon exclusive Popeye talk with Big Steve and Swank. We'll do a whole I, show on Popeye for Patreon. That, that'll save you money for. I'll, I'll do a hundred dollars a month for that. <laughs> All right, well, it's, I'll give it to you for free. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> All right, hey, thank you so much, Jacob. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, All right, we got time for one more here. They've been waiting a long time. Uh, who do we got? We got uh, area code 717 joining us. Who's this? Hey, guys. Sorry. This is Eric from Phoenix again. Oh, Eric from Phoenix. <laughs> double, double dipping dip. tonight. We'll let double it happen. It, yeah. Well, hey, I um, first of all, you guys talked earlier about the hold music. Yeah. If there's any way you can make it so we can listen to the show. <laughs> all right. If it's next easy time, I and it doesn't promise. cost you money, that's awesome. Okay. No, no. It's but that's. That's not why I called Mandalorian. Yes. Yes. What What are you guys most looking forward to from the Mandalorian? A real nice, tight story that takes us from point A to point B to point C and tells a crystal clear story. I'm tired of the mystery box. Okay. I'm sick and tired of these manufactured mysteries in in star wars i think it's just all gone too far everything's gone haywire the original star wars would kind of create those situations a little more organically so i'm just i'm tired of that certain element of the sequel trilogy the mystery who is ray who are ray's parents what how did maz get the lightsaber you know all this stuff i'm just I just want to hear a story. I want a story that could follow along that makes sense from beginning to end and doesn't have you pulling your hair out, asking all of these questions, which become distractions from the actual story itself. It almost comes off as gimmicky to me after a while. So that's one thing I think. And I think we're, we're going to get that in the Mandalorian to a, a certain degree. I would like to see the return of classic Star Wars alien species. Yes. Which I think we'll be getting in the Mandalorian. If you really want to start getting nitpicky about it. Um, I would like to see a sense of romance return to Star Wars. We talked about that recently. And I would like to see, I would like to see it tie in somehow to the overall story arc that we already know. I don't know how. 
um, but just somehow make it make it matter to the mythology on a whole. And I know that's a tall order to ask these days, especially as it seems like the Disney company is looking forward to having a clean break and an open playing field to create whatever they want to create with all of the Star Wars trappings that we know and love so much. But I love the fact that there's always something that kind of brings it all back into the elements of the universe that we already know and love so much. I hope the desert planets Tatooine <laughs> and, uh, before I, 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 I could keep going. Trust me, I can, but I don't want to take away everything. So Jason has something to at least say about the Mandalorian. Well, I, I go back to, um, back before we saw episode seven in theaters, uh, our pal, Paul Bateman, I had heard it through the grapevine that one of the the images that J.J. Abrams was trying to instill in the various uh, special effects teams that were putting together this movie, he said, I want this to feel like you had just popped Return of the Jedi out of the VHS and then you put in Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And... Uh, there were a, there was a lot of episode seven that made me feel that way. Uh, I thought that it did a great job in establishing, reestablishing the universe and putting you into the proper context. One of my beefs with episode eight was I feel like they dropped all of that, that there was not that connection to the original trilogy. Um, so what I'm really looking forward to most with the Mandalorian is exactly what we saw so far in those uh behind the scenes features and those, those uh, sneak peeks is the, the puppet Kowaki and monkey lizard sitting there waiting to be roasted. As Jimmy said, the classic aliens that we're already seeing. Um, that's what I want. I want, I want star Wars that is uh, derivative of star Wars, honestly. And, and, and not worrying about, well, well it's making the universe seem awfully small. If we have a hammerhead in here. Well, you know, I mean, it, it makes the universe seem awfully disconnected when you never see another freaking hammerhead or another Jawa again. Um, so I'm I'm interested in that. And I think that that Favreau and 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 Filoni are going to deliver on that and really put a smack dab back square in the center of the Star Wars universe. That's my take, Jake. <laughs> Eric, you still with us, Eric? Eric. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I'm I'm right with you guys. I, I really want to just the whole underworld piece, what's going on in the galaxy at mm -hmm. this point in time, and all the things you mentioned. You know, Rogue One, I think, did a really good job of connecting to the original Star Wars, just the look and feel for the most part. And you can kind of see that in the behind-the-scenes stuff we saw. And that's really what I'm looking forward to. You know, I am going to say something. You guys spent time talking about this a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to differ from you on this. I couldn't give a rip if they talk about Mandalore at all in this mm -hmm. series. I yeah. really don't care right. because they, they spent a ton of time in clone wars yeah. and to some extent rebels talking about it. And let's be honest, the mainstream. So in other words, the people that listen to this podcast or the people that go to star Wars celebration, we would get that stuff. But if you want to get the masses of people to turn in, I just don't know how much time they could spend digging into Mandalore. And I really don't care if they do that. 
Right. I'm more interested in the stuff you guys are talking about. What's going on in the universe? How's this underworld work? work? She's or black sun, the yes. cartel. How's it, how's it all fit together with the remnants of the empire, the new Republic coming up? What, cause I guarantee you they have to connect all those. I mean, to me, that's drama. You can yeah. connect all those different things together and you could have where not all of them are bad and not all of them are good, but how do they interact together in the plot line of these characters that they've laid out in front of us. And the thing that I thought was really cool, there's several scenes that just reminded me of the old star Wars galaxies video game, you know, where you kind of choose your own adventure and you have all these crazy characters and aliens going on a mission. And so I, I just think there's a lot they can do with it. Um, I think, I think they can get a lot of people to really like it. Well, I'll tell yeah. you, no, nothing has me more excited in the future of Star Wars more than The Mandalorian. There's yeah. no, no question about it. It sure seems like ILM is going to have a... They're, they're playing a heavy hand on this, too, much like they did with Rogue One. That's why I think we'll be able to watch the show and have the enjoyment as a viewer of being able to let our eyeballs dart all over the corners of the frame and look at all the detail in each shot and notice things that will just enrich in the, the universe as, as Lucas did, you know, George always would apply that, especially in the prequels. He really dumped that in and, you know, Jabba's palace, places like that. You always want to see, you know, more. And I think with ILM's role in this show, I think we're going to be getting a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to it's going to be really strong. And I'm with you on the whole Mandalorian as a culture. I hope that we're dealing with a lone survivor because that works with Star Wars. I, I think Boba Fett was pretty well known as a, a lone survivor of the Mandalorian culture. And uh, that's what made him special by the time we caught up with him in Empire Strikes Back. There weren't armies of Boba Fett's running around anymore. It, but I, I, I think that could that could have gone under a bit of retcon. But that's how I always looked at it, was that Boba Fett was unique. And now with Boba out of the picture, then maybe the Mandalorian is the lone survivor. So it doesn't matter what his culture was like and the death watch versus the pacifists and Satine and Sabine and all the Eans. Um, they, uh, I don't think that'll come into play. I think this will be a story of, about a guy who's trying to survive in a galaxy as a, a loner is the last man standing from his tribe or what have you. So that's what I think. I agree. All right. Hey, uh, Eric, thanks so much for uh, the second call. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Take care. Yeah, you too, buddy. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. What a great, great time. Yeah, we'll have to do this more often. Right, that's going to wrap it up. Our uh, patron-exclusive live call-in show. Thank you very much. Uh, Brooks, Bianca, Daniel, Eric, Wayne, Don. Excuse me, Dan. 
Sean, Jacob, appreciate so much the the great thoughts and the great topics that you introduced to us uh, this week. Appreciate it very much. As Jimmy Mac said, we got to do this again sometime. So, Jim, uh, as you're looking across the landscape, Galaxy's Edge, Episode 9, The Mandalorian, the Cassian Andor series, what is it? What what do you get the most excited for? Well, obviously, Episode 9. To me, that is really crossing the finish line, the end of a long journey. Um, So I'm with it, it almost feels bittersweet thinking about it but i am definitely looking forward to that event in december more than anything i've been prioritizing that particular movie for a really long time um longer than i can even acknowledge because this is where we're all gonna end up here you know the end of the skywalker saga this has been going on for 40 plus years I can't believe it. I can't believe it's actually going to be wrapped up. Now, we know it's going to always live on in some way, shape, or form, but to see it all cinematically come to an end and be in a world where we no longer have Carrie Fisher around and the uh, core cast is aging, yeah, I think uh, it's bittersweet and something I'm prioritizing over everything. Certainly looking forward to The Mandalorian, The Return of the Clone Wars, going to Galaxy's Edge. Yes. I mean, it's a lot. It's the second about half of this yeah, year is really, man, holy cow. it's going to be a crazy, crazy fall and winter for us here at Rebel Force Radio and for all Star Wars fans. But we're going to continue to bring it all to you, give you our analysis and uh, open up the platform here of Rebel Force Radio for you to share your thoughts. And uh, once again, special thanks to the folks at Patreon. Uh, all of our supporters there, patreon.com slash Rebel Force Radio. It's a great way to never miss an episode of our bonus content and fun things like this. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we love to have your emails. Uh, show at rebelforceradio.com. That's the email address. Also, the voicemail line. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 708-320-1737. That's 708-3201-RFR. You can check us out on Facebook. We're on Twitter at RFR Rebel Force. That's at RFR Rebel Force. We're on uh, uh, Instagram at Rebel Force Radio. And don't forget about the uh, official website. Check out the merch store there at RebelForceRadio.com. Also, if you'd like to have the show delivered right to you, iTunes is a great way to do that. And for those of you who uh, just read the headlines... Uh, No, iTunes isn't really going away. What they're doing is they're sort of splintering it off into uh, three different applications. So you're going to have your music app, you're going to have your movies and TV show uh, app, and then you're going to have the podcast app. So those of you who are on an iPhone or an iPad, you know that the podcast app is sort of a way of life. That's coming to the Mac. So um, and also, I think, to uh, to Windows as well. So. Uh, iTunes not going away per se, uh, but there will be a transition over the coming months as uh, we'll be talking about the podcast app there for uh, Apple devices. So anyway, more on that as uh, it comes. But in the meantime, you can check us out. We're streaming online at WGNplus.com. You can find us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find podcasts. So. We'll see you next time. Appreciate it so much. As always, uh, you mean a lot to us, and we would not be doing this show and continuing to do this show uh, 
13 years and counting if it wasn't for you tuning in. So appreciate it. We'll see you next time. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mac. And remember... The Force will be with you, always. Always.